As we continue worshiping together today, siblings, I invite you to turn in your Bibles or Bible apps to the Gospel according to Matthew, the 21st chapter beginning in the 33rd verse. Let us receive together the Word of God. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds, because they regarded him as a prophet. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on your people all over the world and in all the places that we are as we gather right now in this time together as Foundry Church. Bless this, your humble servant, and may the words of my mouth be acceptable to you, O God. Amen. Things are messy and confusing and disappointing and sad and violent and don't seem to make much sense. And that goes for the current state of our nation as well as for the parable in today's gospel. <laughs> I won't elaborate on the increasingly weird, horrifying and unsettling moment we are living right now. But let me, let me give some context for our scripture passage. Jesus has taken his donkey ride into Jerusalem with palms and shouts. He's made a scene in the temple over an unjust economic system infecting the holy places. He's brought healing to those who came to him in need, and as he settles in to teach in the temple, is challenged by some of the power brokers of the day, in particular the temple leadership, who are charged to care for the community. 
Jesus's response to their challenge was pretty pointed, as recorded through the lens of the author of Matthew. Inviting, by the way, centuries of interpretation that has missed the deeper wisdom in the text and has made Jews the villains. Now, I'll pause just long enough to remind us all that Jesus was a brown-skinned Middle Eastern Jew himself. So let's just be clear that the critique Jesus offers is not directed toward a particular group, religion, race, or culture. Jesus' critique in this allegorical parable is directed at those who are given stewardship of what God has created and who have failed in that stewardship. Instead of being faithful and generous stewards, they have instead taken what is not theirs, done violence to God's servants and prophets, and sought to rob God's child or children, not only of their inheritance, but of their lives. Whether we imagine that the vineyard is the world, a nation, or a particular community, what God has created is meant to produce good fruit, the fruit of the kingdom, things like love, peace, patience, joy, kindness, goodness, gentleness, generosity, self-control, justice, hospitality, kinship. The vision for Israel, the people Israel, and later for the followers of the way of Jesus is a vision of communion with God and with one another that produces these things. A way of life that can be practiced and modeled and offered, shared as a witness for others of how life can be. It's a way of life that does not hoard the good gifts of spirit or of creation, but rather labors to assure that all have what they need. It's a vision and a way of life that doesn't do harm or kill one another, but rather receives each person as a gift, as a unique beloved child of God, of inherent dignity and worth, that strives for peace with justice in society and for intentional communities of love and friendship and service. In many ways, we are all given stewardship of God's vision. What kind of stewardship is it? when hatred and violence is done in the name of Jesus? What kind of stewardship of God's vision of communion is it 
when whole communities in a society are disenfranchised, ignored, suppressed, and counted as expendable. When beloved children of God, what kind of stewardship of God's vision of communion is it when beloved children of God are unwelcome in churches or synagogues or any faith community because of whom they love or how they dress, where they live or what they have or how they act? What kind of stewardship of God's vision is it when people who call themselves followers of God or of Jesus are unwilling to consistently name racism as sin or to experience even an ounce of inconvenience like wearing a mask when others' lives are at risk? If we say we are people of faith or followers of Jesus, then our words and actions, our priorities and our stances make a difference. All of us, individually and as a community, need to receive the teaching from our text today, both with humility and with hope with humility because we know how easy it is to always read a parable in the Bible and put ourselves in the position of the good character. But Lord have mercy. <laughs> Thank God Lord has mercy. If we're honest, we know that we both have and will again miss the mark on pretty much everything at one point or another, but hypocrisy. We can receive the teaching with hope because at the heart of it all is Jesus, who even when his closest followers messed up, was gracious and merciful, extending the chance to try again. I urge you to notice that it's not Jesus who suggests putting those wretches to a miserable death, but rather was a response to Jesus' question to those to whom he was speaking. In a time when it may seem that those bent on propping up white supremacy, cultivating greed and sowing division are winning the day, take heart that the creator of all things chooses the stone rejected by the status quo. God chooses the rejected one as the cornerstone for a new world unfolding. Jesus is for us the model of that, is our cornerstone, is the way the way of Jesus is our foundation, our plumb line, our leveler. At least that's what we're striving for. And as we consider the larger world and the ways that leaders abuse their position as stewards and caretakers of community, we can have hope 
that God will continue to raise up new generations of stewards to do the work of kingdom cultivation when we or others fail. Our text today, messy and confusing as it is, has something to say to all of us. As we kick off this new series and step into our fearless generosity for such a time as this campaign, the message from today's text resonates clearly. Foundry, we are called to be good stewards of God's kingdom vision in a time of mess, injustice, violence, and confusion in our denomination, in our nation, our city, our world. We are called to receive and to heed and to honor the words of the servants and prophets of God in scripture and in science and synagogue and sanctuary and scholarship and the voices of those crying out for help and for justice and in all the ways that God's wisdom and way are revealed to us. We are called to receive them, not to do harm or to do away with them. We are called to be humble enough to recognize the extraordinary privilege and gift it is to be part of this congregation and to continue to be a prophetic witness, to practice sacred resistance, to welcome all people in the beauty and wholeness of who they are and to do the hard work of putting our words and our faith into concrete action for racial equity and justice and for a vision for D.C. that provides support for all its residents. Over the past seven months, it has been clear as ever how important our presence, mission, and witness are for people both near and far. As you saw in the video we shared earlier, Foundry has been a beacon of hope, a source of spiritual strength and moral guidance, an anchor providing stability and a conduit for concrete action to support vulnerable and hurting neighbors. There was a moment a couple of months ago when it became very clear to me and to Foundry's leadership that this is not a moment when Foundry needs to retreat, to hunker down, to shrink our vision or our work in this moment when there is so much uncertainty and so much injustice and suffering, God needs us to foundry more than ever, to be more of who we are called to be, not less, to do more of what we do, not less, to reach more people with the radical hospitality and saving love of God, not fewer, and to put more on the line for the sake of justice and peace, not less. Look at where we are as a people. In this crucible moment, there is at least a sliver 
of a possibility that there could be a shift in our land that might bring some of God's kingdom vision to fruition on earth as it is in heaven. And even if there's no possibility, it's still our work to fight for it. But because there is at least some sliver of possibility, there could not be this radical backlash if there wasn't something trying to get born that's new. If this is not the time for us to be bold and courageous and sacrificial, then when? It will be a new kind of faith community we eventually move into next year. It will be both an in-person community and a robust digital experience and community. Foundry will be a more concretely anti-racist community with deepened understanding and practice of full inclusion and new and creative ways to manage the burgeoning hunger for small group connection and rigorous study and meaningful connection with our sister congregations and so much more. And all of that will prepare and nourish and strengthen us to march together into whatever comes next. When the world is on a razor's edge of destructive chaos or new creation, That is the time to rise up. That is the time to come together as a people and to participate in the new thing, the kingdom thing that is possible. If not now, when? Foundry, we are called for such a time as this. As we say after we hear the scripture text read, may we all receive what spirit is saying, amen.